We move along to the CFL draft because that is going on this evening as we speak. It is a um, uh, an annual thing that. Well, let me bring in Rick Zamperin, who uh, is down at Tim Hortons Field. He's been covering the draft from the Ticats perspective, the sports director, assistant news director, associate brand director, um, assistant advertising director, <laughs> cleaning crew, <laughs> whatever more, else. Uh, yeah, what else can I come up with? Parking administrator and <laughs> elevator operator here at 900 CHML's world headquarters. And... Um, uh, Rick, first of all, before we get to the downside of this, and there is a bit of a downside I want to ask you about, um, Ticats trade up to get a guy no one's ever heard of, I don't think, uh, Brandon Revenberg, an offensive lineman who I understand is a heck of a player, even though very few people will be familiar with his name. And then in the second round, and we were just talking about this, uh, score what I think is just a terrific local story when they draft Mercer Timmis. Yeah, it's a really uh, a tale of two picks, as you mentioned. There wasn't a lot of hype uh, surrounding Brandon, Brandon Revenberg at a Grand Valley State, uh, but as we all know, you know, the first round of the CFL draft is always weighted heavily for offensive linemen. That's where you're going to make your hay in the Canadian Football League with most of your Canadian content. As you know, each team has to start seven players, so bulking up on the O line with good Canadian uh, players and uh, having depth at that position is key. Uh, but then, um, you know, with Brian Timmis, uh, or with Mercer Timmis, who's the great Easy mistake grandson. to make, yeah. Easy mistake great, to make. Yeah, great-grandson of, of uh, Brian Timmis. Uh, Mercer is, as you know, a terrific player, a really nice guy as well. Uh, I, I, a lot of people are comparing him to Jesse Lumsden. I, it, it, I find it tough to make that comparison. I know they have the same kind of running style, but I would, I would call him a Jesse Lumsden light. Uh, not in terms of weight, because they're fairly similar. Lumsden played about 228. Timmis is 220. Um, but just in terms of production, I mean, Lumsden was an absolute beast. Timmis has had a great CIS uh, career. Um, and he's actually worked with Jesse Lumsden in Calgary. Yeah, and, and yes, definitely. And Lumsden is in the uh, the media circle now and is uh, you know state coast to football, which is great. You know, apart from his uh, bobsling uh, exploits, it's nice to see Justin uh, still in the game. But Mercer is a guy who is going to be interesting to see how he fits in this Ticats offense. Do they uh, keep him at running back? Are they going to put him in the slot? Is he just going to be a special teams guy? That's going to be one of the more intriguing questions as we get closer to training camp. Well, Mercer is a guy who um, uh, now has had a really good offensive line in Calgary, but with a decent offensive line has shown unbelievable abilities to pick up yards. And that is uh, uh, the, the, the Jesse Lumsden comparison, I think, would be apt in as far as Jesse was not a guy who would drop his head necessarily or at least love to and plow into a pile and pop out the other end. If you gave yeah. Jesse a crack, he was gone. And that's the same way Mercer plays. If you give him a little seam that he can get through, he will take off. Yeah, Mercer is an explosive guy. He's uh, he's not necessarily going to railroad you, but he is going to you know find that seam, find that little hole in the line, or uh, you know make that turn. Uh, you know, around the tackle and just burst up field and get 10, 12, 15, 27 yards yeah. on any particular run. He just has that that ability. Yeah, you'll, he'll hit the crack, and then you'll be watching the back of him as he runs for a long, long way. Uh, so that, I mean, great news, and also Wayne Moore from McMaster getting drafted by yeah. Montreal. Good news there. I don't know. I think we've got a break here uh, in the draft for a, a few seconds. But, Rick, here's the downside to the CFL draft, and I want to get your thoughts on this because – we love the CFL, we love the league, we love the product ultimately, but it seems to me that year after year after year after year, the CFL draft is an absolute, for the most part, such a, a an entertainment 
let down. And the reason is because more often than not, the top players who are taken year after year are offensive linemen that you have never heard of and probably never will hear of. Even if they play, you just don't hear their name called out that much. It's not... You watch the highlights on TV, the clips they show of these guys, and it's guys standing on a line bashing into someone else's head. <laughs> this is not the NFL draft where you're drafting quarterbacks first and second this year and receivers and everything. You're looking at guys you've heard of, first of all, and second of all, it's exciting positions. What can the CFL do? They need to draft these guys. This is the Canadian draft. But what can they do to try and make it, I don't know, more interesting for the average fan to catch up on and stay with? You know what, this is uh, it, it's a really tough question to answer because, I mean, look at the players who were selected even in this first round. I mean, they're from all over the place. There's splashes of NCAA and CIS players. You know, the key is, especially for the TV viewer, the radio listener, uh, you know, the online follower, is to see these guys um, – because that's what we don't see. We see, you know, B-roll, or we see game film. We don't see the reactions that these players have uh, from being selected, you know, first overall. For the most part, I know there's TV cameras here and there at, you know, uh, Joe Schmo's Bar and Grill or whatever the case is. But with, with, you know, with the NHL yeah. draft, with the NFL draft, uh, even with the NBA draft, we see teams go up, make their selection. We get to live kind of through the athletes. You know, how exciting it is to go to, you know, team A, B, or C. We don't get that with the CFL draft. And it's because, uh, you know, let's face it, the NFL is the monster, is, is really the elephant in the room, really getting the marquee top talented players from top to bottom. And I don't want to say it's the leftover guys, but when you have guys who have NFL aspirations, you know, CFL teams will shy away from said player. Uh, so you can't really corral all these guys into one room or in a stadium or in an arena or wherever you're going to do it and showcase their reaction and, you know, how no. thrilling moment it is. So it, it's very difficult to do from a fan perspective to kind of boost that entertainment. When you're going for skilled players, you know, all the quarterbacks are American. Most of the top receivers are American. Running backs are American. And they're so, not being drafted on this day. Exactly, yeah. They're, they're free agent pickups in the offseason, and that's, uh, that's unfortunate. Well, and, and just for the record, for people to hear this, the schools, the first-round schools, that players were drafted from Oklahoma, Laval, Grand Valley State, Acadia, Laval, Montana State, Laval, Iowa. So we see, you know, you might see a little bit of Laval if they get to the Vanier Cup, but they didn't this year. So probably very few of these guys are familiar to too many football fans outside of Quebec City. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't recall that a Grand Valley State game has ever drawn huge ratings up in Canada. So you probably <laughs> don't know much about Brandon Revenberg. Josiah St. John, who went first from Oklahoma. Oklahoma gets some airtime, but again, are you paying attention to the offensive lineman that you would know who that is? Probably not. And then Alex Singleton from Montana State. Again, same thing. So you're you're talking about unknown guys. And Rick, you know, the, the answer to this to me seems like it's not that difficult, except that it would be a dramatic change from what they're doing. And it would seem that if you were to do it, if if the CFL teams want to and need to load up on offensive and defensive linemen because these are the guys that the Canadian spots can be used for, have have four rounds of a lineman draft or three rounds of a lineman draft where everybody can have their, their lineman and then have three rounds or four rounds or whatever it is of skill draft. And then, yeah. you know, if you broke it down somehow and required teams then to draft some skill players. You do the skill player draft first. Mm-hmm. You might have people tune in. You might. You know, the other way to do it as well, and, and this will never happen, but you would have a 
CIS only draft, and that way you can corral interesting, all the, yeah, you know, all the top talent uh, among Canadian schools, and then have an NCAA player draft and take guys from down south or or wherever they're playing. Um, but I think you know separating it that way might make a lot of sense. But even then, you're probably going to have a, an offensive lineman dominated first round. Well, true enough, and, and that's fine. But if you had the now, the other thing I think is that I believe. And again, CFL teams not interested in what I think on this one. I think you should be required to have on your roster, and they add an extra player. I don't care. Add the extra player. You should be required to have a Canadian quarterback. They may never play a game. They may never play a down, but if you put them on your roster and give them some reps in training camp and give them some reps in practice, maybe somebody emerges. We were just talking with Russ Jackson. Maybe there is another guy out there with the experience, and and now you have to draft a Canadian quarterback every year. Now I'm actually paying attention. I mean, it's again, it's a little thing that may turn out to be nothing, but at least it makes it interesting. Yeah, you know what? I can see a uh, I can see a CFL Canadian quarterback draft as well because I can almost guarantee you that every team will probably wait until the last round to draft sure. a quarterback. So sure, be, you know the absolute reverse of the NFL draft where it's quarterback driven and quarterback heavy off the top. But uh, yeah, I, I've always kind of campaigned for that as well. Like give these guys a shot, bring them to camp. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be no worse than the you know 89th player in your in your. Uh, um, in your training camp roster. So, I mean, what does it hurt, really? The other part about this that's difficult, and, and I mean, I guess it's nobody's fault, really, but the fact that you have the bowl games, the Mitchell Bowl, the Utech Bowl, that are, and the Vanier Cup on Rogers, on Sportsnet, and then the CFL is on TSN, means that there is really no driving reason for TSN to go out and actually film or cover any of the university games. So you're right. You don't even really have, if you had TSN with the rights to CIS football, you might actually get film clips. You might have stuff of these athletes. So when they're trying to do it on a show or show who these players are, you would actually have film on these guys. Most of the time, half the time, it looks like something from YouTube. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of them, a lot of them are their game film from, you know, a particular school or they're, you know, from the CFL combine that the league will run, uh, you know, a, a month or two before the the CFL draft, it it would make sense. Obviously, that's a whole different ball game when we're talking about uh, you know broadcasting and, and who gets what and who pays for what. But yeah, it would make tremendous amount of sense for for one network to have control of it all. But uh, you know, that's the free market that we live in. I it think. is. I mean, it, obviously, it is what it is, and it's yeah. it just seems to be a bit of a shame that the that you have the CFL. And again, we love the CFL. We love the game. And you've got this event that the NFL has figured out how to turn it, as you described it, into a monster. This is a huge ratings event, a huge party. You gather around with your buddies and watch your team draft its player. The CFL has not figured out how to do that with this yet, and it's it's a shame because they could. Yeah, I mean, the potential is there. I think they have to fine-tune some things. Uh, whether they want to split it up or not, I, I really can't see that as being, uh, you know, a, a distinct possibility because I'm sure all the GMs across the league would, you know, raise their arms. It'd be, uh, it would mean more work for them, probably a lot more pressure, a lot more stress as well. But uh, that would ah, be- they're highly paid professionals. <laughs> let them, let, let them have some stress. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it would be a lot more fun. It would be a lot. 